0: Welcome to the Ministry Marks Podcast. I'm David Haynes, and I'm joined by Thomas Majors. Thomas, our topic for today is, are you ready to rumble? We're going to be talking about how to handle church conflict. This may not be exactly what pastors do every time, uh, but we're going to be talking about what we should do as pastors when church conflict comes our way. Now, the passage of Scripture that we're going to talk about primarily is found in Acts chapter 6. In the opening seven verses of that passage, we see a church conflict There are two different groups of widows. One group is Hebrew speaking widows, the other group consists of of Greek speaking widows. And each group of widows were not being cared for equally. It was noticed in the early church, and it was then brought to the attention of the apostles with basically the question of what are you going to do about this or what should be done about this? And the end result was the setting, aside, the setting aside of deacons to serve as ministers. And so we're going to be thinking today about church conflict.
1: In the passage of Acts, there's something underlying that is happening in that passage. And, and I would probably say the underlying issue in that passage And the reason we have church conflicts then and even today is because we're all sinful people. Anytime you get a bunch of people together in one place under one roof and all (laughs) of these different attitudes and, and sinful natures that are happening, church conflict, conflict on top of that is bound to happen by nature. We are conceited people. We're concerned mainly with ourselves. We look to yeah. our own well being. And this is exactly <laughs> what was happening in the passage in Acts. When we all get together, we, we think about ourselves, we're wanting to push our own agendas, and it is the exact opposite of the Christ like spirit. The Christ like spirit, according to Philippians chapter 2, He says, Paul writes this and he says, have this mind in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And what did Christ do? Christ didn't think of himself. He humbled himself. He humbled himself to the point of becoming a servant, becoming a man, to dying, to dying on the cross. It is opposite of exactly what we want to do when it's self-agenda, self-preservation. And so, when we come together, there's always going to be the potential of mm-hmm. church conflict that happens because we're just, it goes
0: against our nature. It does. Van Iprin, in his 2002 book, Making Peace A Guide to Overcoming Church Conflict, said church conflict is basically in one of two camps. One umbrella of church conflict he described as theological. It's theological in nature, and, it, and it's nothing other than theological in nature. And then the other umbrella of church conflict, he said, concerns leadership, character, and community. So I believe he kind of hits an nail on the head when he says church conflict is really uh, because of one of these two things, either theology or or the leadership, character, and community of the ministry. So that's what he says about church I, conflict. What do you think? I think I think that's
1: absolutely true. And and I don't have any statistical data for this, but this is yeah. what I always hear. Most church conflicts is over personal preference. They're mm. over uh, secondary issues rather than theological issues. Yeah. And so they, from what I've heard, like I say, I don't have any statistical evidence for this, yeah. but people say that theological uh conflict is very rare in churches today yeah. it's mainly over personal issues instead of theological yeah so let me ask you this have you ever have you ever had a theological issue that you've dealt with in the church
0: yes yes i have had theological issues i dealt with and, in the church and then i have
1: a Follow up okay. question before you go too far. Okay. How do you determine what is a real theological issue and what is not oh. a theological issue? Because Okay. Okay. There there are some issues that we would say, Oh, that's big. That's a big theological issue. Yeah. And then there are some that we would probably say, uh, it's a theological issue, but it's yeah. not it's not something that we should just that we break fellowship over. That would
0: break yeah, right. I I understand. Right. Okay. Man, that's a that's a really good question. Okay. So yes, I have had some theological issue, but th- they have been few and far in between. Uh, it is really rare. I believe you must stick with the word of the Lord and the teachings of the church. Both of those stick with the word and stick with the teachings of, and whenever I mean the church, I'm talking about that specific church, which you are serving is what I'm speaking of. Let me first say this. Um, Gary Breadfelt in his book, Great Leader, Great Teacher said, biblical leadership begins with a commitment to biblical authority. So every pastor shows leadership, and we believe our leadership is biblical, and so it starts with biblical authority. So it starts with the theology of the authority of the word of the Lord and who we think God is and how God, how God leads us. So one thing that I, that I have fallen back on, and I don't know if it's, if it's correct or incorrect, is a person and I can disagree on a point of theology and, and, and we can coexist. However, if a person disagrees with me and the teachings of that church, that's where I think a fellowship breakdown occurs. If the church holds to any certain theological standard, we have taught this for the years of existence of this church, and there is someone who opposes the theological teaching of the church, then we're going to see conflict with that person serving in that church. Does does that help you any, Thomas? It it does, but
1: now i got a follow-up question. (laughs) (laughs) My my follow-up question would be, but aren't there some theological issues that you can have variations within the the church community? Yeah. And so uh would that necessarily break yeah. fellowship in that situation? I boy. I've got some things in mind, but I, I want to hear I want to yeah. hear your thoughts.
0: <laughs> I think that it could break fellowship. Maybe the question is this: should it break fellowship? And the answer. is... Most likely is it should not. Should now, not. now help me, help me. I don't <laughs> know exactly what you're you're trying to pull something out of me, and I don't know where this is going right yet. <laughs> okay, so, so here at here at Holly, there mm-hmm. there
1: is a a gentleman who his eschatological mm-hmm. beliefs mm-hmm. are very different from mine, uh-huh. but but we still fall under all the other theological. Uh, theological underpinnings, as gotcha. we as Baptists, but on that one issue yeah. we differ, and so we're actually very good friends and discuss uh, that. But it's not it's not significant enough yeah. for us to break fellowship over and for him to leave yeah. leave the church because we differ. Now,
0: let me ask this: okay. if he were trying to use his views to change the direction of the church, would that be a fellowship breaker for you?
1: Yes, and then we would move to almost a leadership issue, wouldn't we?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's what it would be, that's right.
1: I mean, it would still be a
0: theological (laughs) issue, but then
1: there would be leadership, Uh facets of leadership that would be involved in that as well, because he's usurping
0: the The teaching
1: authority of the pastor if he is trying to push his own agenda.
0: Yeah. Now, yeah.
1: Now I asked you the question Mm -hmm. about, you know, are there some issues? How do you determine what that is? And, and I've actually, this is not original to me, but in 2005, Mm -hmm. Albert Moeller, Mm -hmm. he wrote an article that, and I'll give you the title of it, I usually just call it theological triage, mm-hmm. a call for theological triage in Christian maturity. Mm-hmm. And basically he says triage is like to sort. That's what the word means. Mm-hmm. And if you if you go to the emergency room and you walk in there, there's a triage nurse. Uh-huh. There's They are doing triage. They are sorting people out according to uh-huh. the greatest need. So a person that comes in with their fingertip missing uh-huh. is going to put be put back further than someone who is coming in with a heart attack or yeah. pulmonary embolism, or <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what that is. I just just saying the word. Sounded sounds, fancy. Sounded good. Uh, whatever it may be, Yeah. Uh, they're sorting them out. Yeah. And so what Albert muller says yeah. in that article is that we should do theological triage, okay. that not all theological issues are on the same level. There mm-hmm. are some issues that are major uh-huh. and then some issues that are minor. Uh-huh. A first tier, uh-huh. a first tier issue would be theology proper, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Christology.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What what does that person believe about the person and work of Jesus Christ? Yeah, And then I think he even adds justification to that. Just, mm-hmm. How is a person saved? As are they saved, are yeah. they saved by works? Or are they saved by grace? Yeah. And so those yeah. would be first tier issues. So yeah. so second tier issues would be like what they, they they would be something like now before before uh, <laughs> <laughs> before you answer to this yeah because this is an issue with me yeah. but. But I can still have fellowship with a Christian Uh who disagrees with me on this, Uh but not close fellowship, okay? That's right, yeah. So baptism. Mm -hmm. I believe that baptism is for believers only, Mm -hmm. should be in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. It should be symbolic, and it should be by immersion. That's right, yeah. But I can be friends, Mm -hmm. and I can participate to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if somebody, if a tornado came through Alcorn County and there were two or three houses that were destroyed and, and Holly Baptist Church and the local Methodist Church wanted to get together and mm-hmm. help build a house, well, Hey, sure. we all believe in God. We yeah. all believe in Jesus Christ. We all believe that you're saved by grace. Yeah, We're just yeah. not going to be baptizing people out there. You know?
0: yeah. <laughs> We're not going to do you're that. We're not going to go to sprinkling. <laughs> We're not going to go to sprinkling and,
1: and that yeah. sort of thing because we differ on it, but we can still work together. Yeah, And then there are some issues that he would say are three-tier issues or mm-hmm. are, are the lowest tier. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, And those are issues that he does, I don't think he says it in the article. Mm-hmm. It's been a while since I've read it. I don't think he says it in the article, but I believe he is hinting at mm-hmm. Calvinism in it, mm-hmm. that you can have people in the congregation, a local eschatological community, a local mm-hmm. congregation of believers who have differences of views on some theological issues, maybe mm-hmm. like Calvinism, maybe like eschatology, mm-hmm. and they can steal. Uh, they can still have fellowship with one another and they can still serve and they can do all of those things.
0: Sure, sure. And really, it might even come down to the to the pastor and to really his what is in his theological DNA. There may be an issue for Moeller that is a tier three issue, but for you or me, it's a tier two or a tier one, uh, just depending on on our past ministry experience and our our religious culture. Uh, we grew up, you and I grew up in different churches, so our our cultural religious cultural background is similar to some extent, yet it is different, and so there may be things that would be. A higher tier for me that they than they than they are for you. Would would, would that make sense?
1: I think so. I, I think basically what you're uh, getting at is pers- not personal preference, but yeah. personal experience. Because some things are just going to resonate with me more so than it does with you. Sure. And there are going to be some things that resonate and we've had this discussion before when we talk about church conflict i think it is isn't it because i see church conflict in a different way than you necessarily see church conflict and so yeah personal experience i think that goes into it Mm -hmm. now have you ever had a a major theological issue in any of your churches
0: not within really active leadership, I have had theological issues, what I would consider major theological issues with people who had leadership potential. Um, they were not in the in the deacon body. Uh, they were they were not, you know, a longtime member who, but they had leadership potential and had their theology match the theology of the church or even in in, in my theology matches the theology of the church I serve, um, had it matched, those people could have excelled in leadership and in potential future leadership, but because of a difference, theologically. Um, it did not. Uh, they did not. And there was a, it, with this one instance in particular, there was a complete breakdown. Uh, it started with, it started with a, with a, with many, 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 many telephone conversations, text messages, emails, many things. And then over the period of a year and a half to two years, uh, there was a complete breakdown. And that person could not serve uh, in, in the, in the church that I served with us, with our, our church holding the views that we held. Um, he made it very plain to me that he that he could not serve in that capacity and that he would be transitioning to a different church, which they did. Yeah. I, I assume they're happy there. I assume they're serving the Lord there. And the church they are now part of fits their theological identity 100%.
1: Here at Holly, I had a major theological issue. Yeah. I'm not going to say any names, like just as you didn't say any names. Yeah. But here at Holly, we we did have a major theological issue that surfaced within the first week or two that I was here wow. as pastor. And, and basically, uh, and I'm going to summarize what occurred over this year, year and a half that this mm-hmm. was transpiring. Uh, it came to my attention that there was a Sunday school class that was, that had basically... The best way to describe was that they were holding to Jewish Old Testament laws as a means to salvation. And and it's almost a derogatory term, but I think it's a biblical term as well. They were like the Judaizers from the book of Galatians uh, to the point where they were holding those Old Testament laws, doing dietary restrictions, uh, holding to festivals. And this was seen as part of their salvation. And and if they didn't do it, then then they were they were losing something of their their relationship and their closeness to God.
0: They were a lesser Christian, maybe? Y-
1: yes. Uh it, it's more complicated than that. Okay. I mean, basically to to understand you had to do this. You had to be I a Jew uh-huh. in order to be a Christian. Yeah. And so they were going back to that Old Testament laws and, and those things and and holding to it so they could mm-hmm. be a Christian. It, it's just basically the same thing that you read in the book of Galatians. Yeah. And so that was one of the things that I dealt with. That was a major issue. There's no discussing that. I read the scripture. Yeah. We had some meetings and and i wasn't going to budge on it mm-hmm. there there's some things you just don't budge on you said yeah. that at the beginning of the podcast there yeah. you read the word of god and yeah. once once you read it there are some of those issues you just don't you just don't move on and that was one of them for me yeah. now we're going to talk about some things that there are some ways to deal with conflict resolution. Mm-hmm. But for me, like that top tier theological issue about the person and work of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and the Old Testament and how that connects to the New Testament, that's one of those issues. You, yeah, It's, it's a done deal. It was, it was sealed <laughs> on Calvary. And so that's not where I'm willing to yeah. allow someone to push back on me.
0: Right. Does that make sense? And man, that makes sense to me. Absolutely. So yeah. So there are theological conflicts that that every pastor deals with. I think those are far and few in between. There are personal preferences that we deal with. And and, and I, I shared with Trinity Baptist last Sunday, uh, we, were in the, we were in the book of 1 Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, I believe Paul calls the people of Corinth to be Christ-centered, to be gospel-centered. And they were even saying, I am of Paul, I am of Apollos, I am of Cephas. And, and he basically said, have you lost your mind? None of us died for you. Uh, you are to be Christ-centered focused. You are to be gospel-centric believers. And so personal preferences fall by the wayside if we are to be gospel-centered. So Thomas, let me ask you this. When it comes to church conflict, um, I believe that also, I I, I believe there are some other levels. Let, let, Let me read this quote to you. Cotter, in his 2012 book, Leading Change, explains the thought processes which lead to conflict He says, all conflict starts with a negative answer for the following three questions. What will this mean for me? What will this mean for my friends? What will this mean for my organization, or we could even say my my church? So maybe whenever a pastor comes in with a different leadership style, the first three questions are gonna be asked is what is this pastor, what is this gonna mean in my life, in my friend's life, and in our church's life? And if and if and if any of those three questions are answered with a negative response, then Cotter says, Well, just be ready. Conflict is coming. So if you ever experienced conflict over like a family issue, your family, you and your family is different from the previous pastor and and his family. You ever notice anything like that?
1: Personal family type issues. I think those are the, are the ones that happen the most. Again, I don't have any statistical evidence for that, but I have, I have experienced, uh, conflict because of family issues. Yeah. And, and it's those, (laughs) it's, it's those family issues. Now I've heard I've heard pastors say this before, and they'll say something like, "You can say whatever you want to say to me, <laughs> but if you bring my wife into it, or we're, we're gonna meet out in the street, <laughs> I'm t- Their gloves are coming off, meaning you know they're gonna be Christ-like up until <laughs> they're yeah. gonna be Christ-like up until you say something about their kids or their spouse, and yeah, and. And there's a sense of truth in that, mm-hmm. and, and and what I mean by that is, I I can I can take somebody just dogging me out, but then mm-hmm. when somebody says something about my family, or they bring my kids into it, or they. Uh, they get on to my kids, and I think it was unfair. Mm-hmm. Then, then there is more of a sense of the parental side, the, the yeah. husband side yeah. that wants to come out yeah. and say, "Hey, I'm, I'm supposed to protect them, and yeah. I need to protect them." Yeah. But then, in another way as well, we shouldn't we shouldn't allow that yeah. some of those issues to stand between. Um, us doing gospel ministry. Yeah, yeah, because that's the it, main thing. W- the main thing is we're called to the ministry. Yeah, and and even our families mm-hmm. are called to the ministry, and yeah. they're called to they're <laughs> they're called to sacrifice, just like we do, and they're called whether they like it or not yeah. to suffer just like we do for yeah. the gospel and sacrifice and suffer, and whereas we were called yeah they were uh, they were drafted. I think that's what yeah. I've heard preachers say sometimes they they idea. were drafted yeah. called drafted. What's the difference? Yeah. That's, of, <laughs> that's usually what I think yeah. uh, but yeah. so so there's family issues and then there's personal issues, right? Yeah personal issues are probably what I've heard the most about whether it be church conflict that I've seen mm-hmm. or church conflict that I've heard about. So one of the church conflicts that, that I've kind of seen and I've kind of heard about before was over having hardwood floor uh, on the platform.
0: Really? They wanted carpet or something? Well, no, they had carpet. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't know if I've ever seen a church with linoleum. Yeah, but have you?
0: Hey, you ain't been to some churches in Prince <laughs> County. <laughs> oh, so, uh, man. <laughs> no, I'm playing. I've never seen a church with linoleum. Have you not? No, I never okay. have. I thought you were serious. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm lying.
1: <laughs> so they had carpet, uh-huh. and then there was a group that wanted hardwood floors because yeah. they just looked nicer. And yeah. They were going to put a piece of a rug, you know, or maybe a yeah. stuffed bear. Or something down. I don't know. <laughs> but then there was the other group. that was like we're not having hardwood because it's going to change the sound of our music.
0: Uh, I've heard that.
1: And and they just better, but they just started. Yeah. The two groups just yeah. kind of went at each Man, other. You that's know, crazy. And and I'm sure you've probably heard of you know color of the wall. Yeah. Trying yeah. to pick paint. Do you pick eggshell or yeah. you <laughs> pick gloss or <laughs> semi gloss or or the color of the uh. carpet or or whatever it may be, personal yeah. preference seems like it is a more of a problem in churches when it comes to conflict than yeah. than theological. And maybe even sometimes with family mm-hmm. type issues. Have have mm-hmm. you ever experienced anything or witnessed or heard about anything?
0: Yeah. Okay. Now here's one thing that is interesting. I don't think I've ever shared this with you, but, but some of our pastor friends may identify with this. Uh, in, 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 in ministry past, there was a person who I, I, I think, I really think he loved me. I think, he probably still does. I think that he loves me. Uh, but he and I didn't see eye to eye on, on, on a few things, nothing big, nothing tier one, nothing tier two, just little bitty nitpicky stuff. And he would occasionally come in my office and would, and would share his, his, uh, his displeasure, uh, with a certain way that the church was going or whatever the case may be. And, uh, if I would tell that to April, she she would always say this. Well, I better be ready because Sunday he's going to come and, and butter me up. Every time he would come and kind of rape me over the coals that next Sunday. Oh, April, your hair looks so good today. Oh, is that a new dress you're wearing? <laughs> and he would go out of the way to compliment my wife and my daughter and to just speak so highly of them. And and they, I like him. I like him, I love him, they like him, they love him. But she says, It sure is strange that every time he voices disapproval in you, boy does he go out of his way to brag on us. And I don't know if that's his way uh, of trying to smooth things over, you know. You know, he he has he has or he had some issues with me or my leadership, but he's trying to show them that, that that he loves us. I don't I don't know, that's just odd. That's an odd thing, you know. So was that at a church you pastored? That, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That's not a church that I, that I pastored. Yeah. And did he stay the whole time? The were... whole, the entire time, and has never created a public stink. The only person who knows that he and I disagree is 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 he and I. I don't think a a, a, a wife knows. I don't think children know. It's just a few little bitty issues. In April. In April. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And my wife, she knows too. But that's just odd. And that brings up a question yeah. I want to I want to ask you too.
1: So. <laughs> Yeah, are you actually, finished? I'm finished, man. Okay. I'm done, bud. <laughs> so, so you talk to your wife about I conflict? Do. I all, like
0: my wife.
1: <laughs> all all of it, or
0: no, not all of it. Now, she doesn't listen to our podcast, so she'll never know I'm saying this. But my but wife no. doesn't listen either. So, <laughs> there are you know so much. I will overview the the the. Sometimes this is what I find myself doing. I will overview with my wife the big stuff. And then the nitpicky stuff. The middle ground stuff, it's not a big deal. If it is something that is really big, I mean, this is a theological difference between myself and this person in our church. And man, I can see a divide coming and I see trouble on the horizon. I will will share that with her for a point of prayer, uh, for advice. Hey, my wife is a lot older than I am. She is three months to the day older than me. So she's much wiser. She learned a lot between January and April of 1980 when I was not alive. And so I will share that with her to try to talk about, you know, to get some perspective. And then the nitpicky stuff. Can you believe this person said that my podcast buddy Thomas Majors is a dork? Can you believe that? And so <laughs> <laughs> nobody believes nobody would ever say that. <laughs> but yeah, but that's kind of the, the, the other stuff. When someone comes into my office and has has a little issue. And let me tell let me say this. The church I serve, Trinity Baptist, is the absolute best I have ever served. When it comes into people coming into their office and just saying, coming to my office and just saying, hey, let me ask you about this. The way that the overwhelming majority of people do it is godly, it is Christ like, it is edifying, it is encouraging. And the end result is. Good, positive conversation, which leads to ministry being more effective. So I'll say that Trinity is a fantastic church. Good. So. All
1: right. Now I'm just looking at our time, and we yeah. are, we, we want to keep these podcasts to a good uh, amount of time. And we're, I think, if I've formulated this correctly, mm-hmm. we've got about uh, two minutes until we reach 30 minutes.
0: And so. I've got a question I've got to ask you. Okay. How do you defend your actions without becoming defensive? How do you do that? How do you defend your actions without becoming defensive?
1: Wow, I I really don't know. I I don't think we we're, we're going to be defensive in that moment, but I do I mean, who knows? Somebody from Holly might listen to this and be like this dude is defensive all the time. <laughs> and that's that's me, man. That's so, me. But but I think I think I I go into a lot of my decisions and the things that I do thinking that it's not going to be. You know, I'm not infallible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am yeah. fallible. I, yeah. I fail. I and and as i've went through the doctoral program i realized so much that you know, my way of thinking is skewed sometimes uh-huh. and so when i go into something i'm, I'm thinking of different angles mm-hmm. and i think well I, I could be thinking about this wrong you know and I, i'm looking for okay. some opportunity for somebody to to speak into my life yeah uh, now i do i do have some ways that we can deal with conflict do you do you have anything about I would really like to we've talked about conflict we've talked about theological issues personal issues family issues we've discussed a lot of things about conflict yeah. but I at this point I don't know if we've really given them anything to That's take right. with them
0: I think you're right about that
1: so so how how would you deal with conflict uh, if somebody comes to you, Let's say Trinity Baptist Church wants <laughs> to uh, put linoleum on the <laughs> wants to put linoleum on the platform, and there's another group that says we're not having linoleum. Yeah. We're uh, we're putting carpet up there, shag carpet, shag
0: carpet. Can it be red shag carpet? Lime green shag. Lime car- green. Oh, I'm digging it, man. I'm digging it. All right. So I, how do you how do you work with those two groups? Yeah,
1: to All bring right. about uh, uh, resolution. or whatever it may be?
0: I think what I would do is we would go back to still being a gospel-centric church, a Christ-centered church. And what we're talking about is personal preference once again. But what I think I would try to do is to, is, is, to, is to get everyone on common ground. What is best for the church? What is best for the ministry of the church? If line green shag carpet is best for the ministry of the church, that's what I think we should go with. And if it's linoleum, I think that's what we should go with. Uh, so I believe we would try to find common ground. Thankfully, 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 Trinity is a committee-driven church. Um, That's going to be resolved within a committee. It's not going to—it should not lead to uh, entrenchment, shag carpet entrenchment camp— it shouldn't lead to that because of the work that that a committee will do before it ever comes before the church and before it gets out of hand with sides being taken but if it got to that point i believe we're going to try to have common ground we're going to try to do what's best for the ministry of the church um thomas what are what are your thoughts on that yeah so
1: and and i took a class in seminary that was about interpersonal relationships and one of the things that I remember from the class, it was taught by by two professors, and and some of our podcast people are probably going to know this one name, Dr. Jerry Barlow. And I remember Dr. Barlow uh, talking about the difference between conflict management mm-hmm. and conflict resolution. Mm-hmm. There are sometimes we just need to manage the conflict, mm-hmm. and then it comes to a point where we need to bring about some resolution to it. And to understand the conflict, uh, whether what approach we need to take, we need to understand what type of conflict that we're in. Yeah. Some conflict is underlying conflict. Yeah. Whereas, you you go into a into a room where a committee is, and they know that you want linoleum, but they want the shag carpet. Yeah. And when you walk in, you can just feel the yeah. tension. Now, sometimes that's not true. Sometimes we we make up tension. We That's think right. there is tension when there's not there's really not. tension. There's tension on our side, but there's not tension on their side. Yeah. And so sometimes though, there is tension. I mean, yeah. you can just, you can cut it with a knife, oh, as yeah. they say, there's, yeah. there's tension that goes along. And so you need to understand if it's underlying, if it's underlying, well, you can manage it at the time. I don't know if that would be a resolution point because that might push someone over, but yeah. then there's going to be times where conflict is is broken out. I mean, Mm -hmm. it is just out. People are arguing. There's differences of opinion. They're, they're fighting conflict. There's war, there's skirmishes, all of those things. And that's when you need to go to, uh, the resolution stage. How, how are you going to respond? Yeah. And how are we going to make sure that, um, and sometimes it's it's just making sure that no side necessarily wins that there yeah. there can be this resolution that is gr- good for both groups. Yeah. Uh, so, a lot of times people respond to resol- uh, conflict. Sometimes they suppress. They mm-hmm. suppress it. They they try to ignore it in one way. There's nothing going on. Yeah. It's. You know the sky is falling. You yeah. know everything around them is happening. Oh, yeah. Everything's great,
0: and, and it just—it's <laughs> you know, great and getting worse.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm just—I'm just, I'm just thinking of some pastors you can probably think of who yeah. who everything is just terrible inside the church, and everybody knows it's terrible yeah, inside yeah. the church. And you ask them, "How was Sunday? How was Sunday? Oh man, it was just great. <laughs> we just love on we're each We the Lord. And yeah, we're just serving." you <laughs> you're lying you're lying <laughs> to me uh, because they're ignoring it that's yeah. that's what they do they ignore conflict if yeah. they're ignoring conflict probably in the church then they're ignoring conflict with their spouse with their children yeah. they're, they're yeah. doing it that's part of their their modus operandi that's their yeah. mo that's how they're going to operate in all yeah. facets more than likely and so there are other ways to deal with it you could vote that's what our churches do a lot uh, of times there's mediation there's compromise and yeah. that's that's what I I like to see a compromise where neither I like to say it, I want yeah. neither side to win. <laughs> you know,
0: I, I, that's right.
1: You can that's say, good. "Well, are you saying you want both sides to lose?" No, yeah. I want them to feel like they won some, yeah. but I want yeah. there to be neither one of them walks yeah. away completely. Happy, right, with, right? You know, they're just to this point. Like, okay,
0: yes, that sounded bad. Yeah, you want them to be disgruntled, is what you're saying? <laughs> I'm saying yes, I want to move this to. <laughs> to to another extreme (laughs) that's so funny hey thomas in, in what you're saying let me ask you your nature you you and i are very similar yet we're very different and i i know what my answer is but i wonder what your what your answer is we all know a little bit about fight or flight mentality when it comes to church conflict who are you at at your heart of hearts are you more of a fight guy or a flight guy
1: it it really goes back to what kind of conflict it is. Okay. Theological. Yeah. Fight. Fight. Absolutely. Personal. Yeah. I'm I'm okay. Yeah. I I am okay being the person who says, who says, okay, I'll I'll give in.
0: Yeah.
1: It's that's fine. This this isn't something to fight over. It's not worth going to the mad over, as Randy
0: Bosko once told me. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, it's yeah. not worth fighting. Over. So. Yeah. So my natural state when it comes to personal would be to say, okay, yeah. and now, if God has clearly spoken to me about something, then I then I'm going to mm-hmm. this is, this is my good North Mississippi mm-hmm. term. I mean we're country anyway, yeah, right? I'm gonna right. dig in like a tick, yeah. you know I mean if god <laughs> if, if God has clearly called me to do something and has made that clear to me, yeah. Then, then I'm going to dig in on that issue, and I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to begin to fight for it. But I'm going to do so yeah. in a way that respects other people.
0: All right. Let me ask this: Do you do do you shy away from a, a a passage if you're preaching through a passage and it's there, and you know your church is going through conflict? You can mention it, or you or you cannot mention it. What, what do you do? Do you always mention, hey, this is where our church is. We're going through this conflict. Do you bring it to the center stage in that passage that you're preaching through? Or do you try to let your preaching ministry be your preaching ministry and your pastoral leadership be your pastoral leadership and try not to mix those?
1: Well, they do need to be mixed. I, I really I believe so too. They, they do need to be mixed. But I have to, I'm going to judge at that moment where this, this conflict issue is. Mm-hmm. I don't want to spread that conflict <clears throat> like wildfire, yeah. if, if no one else knows about it, yeah. if it's just a conflict that I'm having with uh, four or five people, mm-hmm. then I'm not going to mention that from the pulpit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if it's an issue, a church-wide issue, mm-hmm. then then I would mention that. I mean, because there needs to be an overlap. There are three primary ministries of a pastor, and that is leading, caring, and proclaiming. Yeah. And we can do all three of those in the preaching event. And so I, I would say we need to lead while we're preaching exactly. and proclaiming the word of God. So so that's that's what I would do in a situation like that. Yeah. All right. Last thing, how, how would you respond to conflict? And, and now we're going on 40 minutes. 40 minutes. So this I is think, going to
0: be a conflict. People are going to get mad at us for going I think so we're long. we're going on 40 minutes. <laughs> uh,
1: <clears throat> there, there's a book called The Peacemaker, mm-hmm. and he has four Gs Four G's for dealing with church conflict. Yeah. In church conflict and resolving that conflict, remember to glorify God. Mm-hmm. Get the log out of your own eye, gently restore, mm-hmm. and go and be reconciled. Mm-hmm. And then he says, overall, remember that the foundational G, this is an added bonus. Uh-huh. He gives four Gs, <laughs> and then he's like, hey, number five, yeah. remember this. Yeah. This is the one that undergirds all of it. Uh-huh. The final G is the gospel. Remember, yeah. it's about the gospel. That's right. And so I, you've said that once or twice through the podcast so yeah. far. And so that's true. Yeah, Everything gets filtered through the gospel and yeah. what's going to move the kingdom of God forward. Yeah,
0: I think you're right, man. Thomas, it has been a pleasure to discuss church conflict with you today. And may your ministry see almost no church conflict.
1: Well, I hope the same for you, David. <laughs> <laughs>